Welcome to the State of Energy. I'm Rand DeWitt, along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. Now, right at this moment in southern Utah, it's St. George, down in St. George, for the Winter Fire School 2024, the Utah Fire Rescue Academy. And now he's in St. George, Utah, and he's going to try to make us believe that he hasn't gone over to Mesquite, Nevada to enjoy some <laughs> casinos, which are just down the road. Yeah, that's our little secret, Rand. I can't believe you, I, you let that I out think, of the bag. I think Tom slipped out yesterday <laughs> and took off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the secret. Because he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, Boyd, Boyd's keeping an eye on uh, on me, I guess. Well, you know what? Boyd and I actually have been talking before this, and I gave him some things to look out for. So let's, let's let everybody know who we're talking about. This is Boyd Cook from the Utah State Fire Marshal's office. Uh, we actually had a chance to hang out in Reno a couple of years ago, and now you guys are actually growing out in southern Utah. So what's happening down there? Boy, you know, we, we are in, I believe this has been uh, a couple years in a row, the fastest growing county in the nation, which is Washington County, Utah. Uh, just a booming population down here. Boyd's Boyd's lived down in this southern Utah area for I guess your whole entire life, huh, Boyd? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, I I actually started out in Sandy, Utah, just in the Salt Lake Valley area, and then uh, when I went to college, I came to St. George, and uh, when it was called the real name of Dixie Dixie State College. Oh wow! And they're trying to get rid of that name now. Yeah, they're trying to erase it, and which means if they did that, they would take away my degree. <laughs> Just wipe out your existence. Yeah, as though I never existed. Yeah, it's like college debt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, that would be a good thing, taking out the college debt. Erasing that, that would be fine. You Probably they'll just send you a check for that. (laughs) That's right. Plus inflation. (laughs) (laughs) We are are here at the uh, Winter Fire uh, School, the Winter Fire Training School, it, it's it's a really cool event. There's a ton of fire departments down here, uh, volunteer people, full time people. Uh, we're sitting next to uh, a, a brand new fire truck. There's uh, ambulances. There's a bunch of training going on, and this is where a lot of the state firefighters get together. They come down here for a training every year, and we actually got the opportunity to bring some propane props and uh, set up a, a little booth, and we're 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 signing people up to take the uh, propane class. It's a it's a safety related uh, service that we offer. The propane industry offers to the um, the firefighters so that they can they can respond to consumers that maybe have some type of incident at their house. So it's like the propane plunge. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, this prop, by the way, I'd I'd like to mention that just a little bit. We'll probably talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, we just we just barely took possession of this earlier uh, this uh, summer this past summer, uh, and this came about through some uh, absolutely uh, positive help from the Rocky Mountain Propane Association, uh, their support, uh, our office, the State Fire Marshal's office, uh, uh, was able to uh, obtain some grant money that helped put this thing together as well. We've had some. Uh, vendors uh, uh, and suppliers that uh, were instrumental in, in s- supporting us in this pro- project as well. So we have this prop here today to uh, introduce it to the fire community and um, and using it as a uh, an opportunity to train them on 
whether it be a transport, a bobtail, uh, or uh, a bulk plant, it, it's kind of a multifaceted prop, which uh, is, is, is even is a, awesome. a residential incident. Because because you know there there are incidences that happen, and we want to make sure that the fire service is trained on on how to respond to to any type of incident that that's propane related and, and this relationship that we have with the fire service is kind of key to keeping consumers safe because they're especially right now in the middle of the winter um, there seems to be some, some some with heavy snowfall and 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 the the heavy snow that we're experiencing right now snow will fall off of roofs and we've seen accidents come up in the past where something falls off a roof and, and damages some pipes. Um, even even people snow plowing their their roads can uh, or their driveways can hit different um, plumbing and tanks and and cause it cause a, a leak and then that can that can turn into something even worse. So I, I mean we've seen that. So I got to ask Boyd this question: Would Boyd rather respond to a propane incident? Or an EV on fire. <laughs> you know, I would rather go headlong into a propane incident than an EV fire. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that? There's actually a guy here selling a device because um, there's a bunch of vendors here selling different types of apparatuses and equipment and safety stuff um, to to the fire departments. But there's a guy selling a device that you put underneath a car, an electric car that catches on fire, and it's got like this robot spear thing that shoots up into the car, like busts open the battery and sprays the battery down. Is it nicknamed Elon? <laughs> I don't know. What, what do they call this thing? <laughs> It's, it's the Elon flood, because what it does is it, pu- it uh, pushes and, and floods the batteries uh, with water, and, and that's to help cool the batteries and, uh, and supposedly bring that battery fire under control. Now, now, get this, Rand. How much do you think this device costs for, this, for a fire department to buy? $50,000. Pretty close, right? Right right there at about that. And how many departments, boy, do you know this? How many departments are in Utah alone? You know, I, I don't know how many there are, but if you, if you basically look at each community, most of the, the small communities throughout the, the state, as well as the larger cities, obviously in the cities there's more of them, uh, but each community in, you know, southern Utah, northern Utah, anywhere in rural Utah, they'll have a volunteer fire department. So there's there's literally hundreds of, yeah. of departments. So it, for every department to buy one of these or or two or three of them so that you had it on the right truck that's going to respond. And that's just a, a bunch of money to to uh, a, a new problem was created and it's just going to cost taxpayers even more money to try to to fight some of these problems with the EVs which is it's i mean even not just cars either is a problem i mean you saw that story rand about the uh the electric bikes oh in new york in, city in new york <clears throat> yeah e-bikes caused record deaths and fires last year in New York City. Overall, e-bikes sparked 267 fires. We're talking e-bikes. Yeah, bicycles. Now, and, and out of those 267 fires, somehow they caused 18 deaths and 150 injuries just in New York City alone. So, And, and what time frame was that? Last year. It was a year. 12 months. So would we... Can, could, we could we look at it that it was more uh, deadly than COVID? <laughs> <laughs> just, Possibly. Wow. Okay. 
Now, okay, Boyd, you get to stand <laughs> up, pick up the microphone, and just drop it. And just walk away. Game, set, match. Now, I guess we have, we have to do our disclaimer. We're not anti-electric. We're not anti-solar. We're not anti-hydro. We just think that everything coming together being the best option above should be what we do. And propane can play a huge role in clean, affordable, abundant en- energy, which is here right now. So we've got that disclaimer out of the way. Yeah, thanks for bringing us back home and reminding us why we're even here. Yeah. But, oh, t- we'll talk about this, this e-bike thing for just a second, though, because we are at the fire, the fire training uh, event, and we did talk up to uh, John, who is John the, ch- the uh, assistant chief? Or John assistant? is the chief deputy state fire marshal. Okay, so I talked to him about the e-bikes, and, what, and I said, why, why would... The, because I own some e-bikes, and I was like, I'm I'm a little concerned over this. I don't want to burn my house down. And he said, um, in, in this New York story in particular, was that these bikes get stolen all the time. So you leave your bike out, your e-bike might get stolen, and the people that are stealing these bikes are the people that are catching these on fire. Because what you don't steal when you steal an e-bike is the charger. <laughs> yes. So then you go out and you find a charger or you buy one online and you end up using a charger that wasn't designed for that particular battery and uh he told me that if if you're going to be charging your bikes at home make sure you're using the oem charger to go with that bike otherwise you're putting yourself at risk and then there's some winter storage things you have to worry about um making sure that you're you're storing it properly so what you're saying is that this is karma. Is that what you're saying? You, you burn your house down. You steal a bike, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we got you know, cut right through to the heart of the matter with that one. But again, you know, we're not anti. I mean, these, are, these can be great vehicles. We're just tired of, I don't know, uh, having the whole electrify everything jammed down our throats. And it's just, it's not something that's conducive to moving forward with electric, with, a, with energy. Yeah. And, you know, again, propane is here. It's available. It's affordable. It's abundant. It's American. We can play a larger role. We're not saying everything's got to be propane, like the electrify everything people are saying everything's got to be electric. We're just saying, why don't we use the best available option for each individual situation? Well, and, you know, the, the gas infrastructure has been around for many, many years. And me and Boyd were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, where gas infrastructure helps develop the communities that are, are coming that are coming up into uh, a place like Washington County that's that's uh, very fastly growing. And years and years and years ago, when Boyd started in this industry, Washington County didn't even have natural gas. Wow! Do you remember? Do you remember that when when Washington County didn't have natural gas? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, natural gas came about, um, well, let's see, I, I started in the industry in 1978, and I was here in St. George uh, working for one of the propane companies, and it was eight years later that uh, natural gas started coming down through the state. So it, it, they didn't get it until, you know, 1980. Wow. Something and so it really does show that gas infrastructure can uh, turn a small, sleepy town into a booming place where people actually want to come and live. And, and along with that, 
it, it, it brings industry, it brings growth, it, it, it allows people to have a, a nice, comfortable place to, to raise a family and, and have a, a good paying jobs. And make it affordable to live. Yeah, exactly. But the opposite of that, I think, is what we're on the cusp of, of, of experiencing. And that's where you have a, a, a place like some of these cities and towns that are trying to ban gas. And, and force you into uh, some type of electric um, electric only town. So what does that do to industry? What does that do to growth? I think that's going to shrink. Pe- people aren't going to want to live in a town that's only electric or people aren't going to want to open a business where you can't get gas to run your business. Well, there'll be some, so there'll be some confused people that want to move into this city and then they'll learn very quickly. Well, you're going to I think you're going to see a negative effect to some of these towns and cities that are saying, let's just ban gas infrastructure altogether. And so you got to really think about this coming a full circle from uh, a town that didn't have gas infrastructure that blew up like Washington County and and, and is booming. And then what the opposite effect of that is going to be in the future. You, you sure you want to use that terminology? Blow up. <laughs> yeah, just saying. <laughs> It really is a it really is a booming a booming community. It is. Uh, I mean, there's there's probably four times as many people here than there was when I lived here uh, back in 1978 79. Have you been to uh, Zion? Zion's National Park is just right up the street from where we're at here. Yes. Have you been there and seen their electric shuttles? Yes. In fact, I I rode the electric shuttles. You did uh, here a while back. Um, and, and there's some pros and cons to that. Uh, in, in, uh, and, and here, what was uh, interesting was before they went to the electrical ve- electric vehicles, uh, they had propane, you know, propane shuttles. They still do. They still they still have the propane shuttles here, right? Because there's only a couple electric buses that are running. <laughs> so the propane ones, the propane ones are still in service. The ones that, you know, that were delivered when Jesus was still in high school. Those things are still running, but we can't get the new electric yeah. buses going. I get it. Do you, do you, uh, they still have the propane storage up there at Zions, right? I, yeah, I'm not sure if they do or not, because that's, that's an area that we're not able to go in and inspect. Oh, you don't get to inspect the that's federal. That's on, on a federal level. Oh, well, they, well, I'll tell you, they do. They still, because I, I believe they only have a handful of the electric ones, and the propane ones have to just keep going around and around and around. <laughs> so, so the propane is just like we have always had, is it always has our back. It always has our, that's right. And we talk about that a lot uh, with, with backup power. So backup power, um, propane, propane backup generators are, are, are a really big popular thing for um, different communities and fire departments. Like fire departments rely on some type of backup power. And we, we, we kind of made a little joke over here uh, earlier or yesterday when we were talking to this fire truck manufacturer right here and they talk about where's the electric fire truck i don't see any electric fire trucks here (laughs) you know when i ask i ask one of the firefighters here i says well are you going to be looking at because they were looking at buying some new new apparatuses and and, uh, fire trucks and i says well have you considered an electric fire truck and he says absolutely not but he did say he would look at a propane one he said if they would build a propane powered fire truck they would buy it so maybe we need to send that out there, Rand. Can we well, yeah, can we get you know, the fire truck manufacturers well, yeah, to build I mean, us some propane powered 
fire trucks. Well, well, Cummins is busy at the moment, so we can try and do what we need to do. But it's true, though. I mean, you know, think about. I mean, think about what the government, like our our uh, our government, was talking about with the military. We need to electrify our military. Uh, why? So are we just giving up now? Because I don't get I don't get that. And I was actually going to ask Boyd what he would think if President Biden showed up and just said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a whole fleet of electric fire trucks, and you just got to replace them with everything you got." And where's corn pop? You know, how would Boyd respond to that? You know, realistically, I would say absolutely not, <laughs> because uh, when you when you're out in the rural rural areas, you you need to rely on uh, uh, trucks that are going to get you where you need to be. And uh, I was talking with Tom uh, yesterday, and he pointed out that uh, he he rented an electric vehicle, <laughs> and. Um, he got in it and he was trying to determine, you know, the gauges and the dials. And and uh, as he looked at the fuel level, which is your your battery storage, and in it, uh, according to what the the dial said, he was about out of, of uh, supply on the power. And uh, so he went and he talked to the representative and the representative said, well, it was charged yeah, it's just been sitting out there. I can't believe you said I can't believe you said that on the radio that I rented an electric car. <laughs> well, it was a test. It was a test, so we'd have better knowledge of how these things work. And we and and Tom determined that it wasn't a good idea because while it just sat there, it ran out of power. It wasn't. This wasn't pre-planned. I wasn't going to tell anybody this story. <laughs> that was actually very, but it's very apropos because you just dealt with that in New Mexico, just like the people I don't know in Chicago yeah, that just had to deal with that, and they had a bunch of quote-unquote dead robots sitting there in the cold. I was in New Mexico last week. I had to go to a meeting in Santa Fe, and I I, I did fly into the Albuquerque uh, airport there, and I and so the the funny part about this story is I. I, I usually don't rent cars. I a lot of places I just drive to or with Uber, you know, the rental I just haven't had to rent a car in a long time. So I'm I'm, I'm looking at budget rental cars and I see that uh, the cheapest option in Albuquerque was a Tesla Model 3. So I was like, <laughs> fine. I'll I'll do this. I'll do this. I want I I want to drive this thing anyway to to check it out and see how this thing's going to go and it'll give me uh, a good story to tell. So I get there and there says, well, we don't have that car, but we got one very similar. So I walk out there and it's a, uh, it's a Hyundai Genesis or something crazy. It looks like a spaceship inside. It had all these screens and all this stuff. And I, and I, I try to start it up and I actually got out of the car and walked to the back and looked underneath to see if it had a tailpipe because I wasn't even sure if it was a, a, like a hybrid or what is this They can thing. put those tailpipes on just to make <laughs> you feel comfortable. Just, just some sound, just some noise. Give me a rumble, something. So I, I, I'm looking at all these gauges and I'm like, holy cow, I think I think this thing might be empty. Does this say charge or does this say charged? I it was it was hard to decipher which, what, where I was at because it wasn't like full empty whatever so i drive it around <laughs> i drive it around the block and i'm like oh my gosh this thing's got 11 miles to go left left you had 11, 11 miles, miles left just leaving <laughs> leaving the the, the I rental walk, place i drive it back and i walk into the rental counter and i'm like 
where's the hidden cameras? Because I, I, I've talked about electric cars for so long. I'm like, where, where is it? Rand set me up here. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, this car, not only, not only that, but it also smelled like marijuana really bad. So I was like, what? This car you reeks. invoking me in this same statement again? <laughs> this car reeks and the battery's dead. And he's like, oh, wow. Well, it says here it was charged up a week ago and it's been sitting there not being rented. So, Well, it's in century mode. <laughs> if it's in century mode, you can lose 15% a day unless it's completely shut down. Really? Yeah. If it's in century mode, it's constantly protecting the car. So it takes about 15% a day on average, uh, to actually have it in sentry mode. So if you have it sitting there for four or five days... um, Yeah, that makes sense. That's consuming energy. And aren't we supposed to be working at... protecting our energy sources and being conservative? Boy, that's that's just too... That's just too common sense. Like, You know, when I turn my my gas-powered truck off, it... it, Turns off? It turns off. (laughs) And, And when I go back out, I still have a full tank of gas. What do you know? Wow. That's, that would be just too common for, for something like that to happen. All right. So so on top of that, saving energy, in New Mexico, they shut down a coal-fired power plant in Farmington area. And when, when I was talking to the guys in, in Santa Fe mm-hmm. about this, they're like, you know what? Not only did they shut that coal fire, that coal-fired power plant down, it was... The, one of the community's highest paying jobs like these jobs were over a hundred thousand dollars a year there was the 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 guy that was telling me the story said there's about 1200 employees that lost their job over this and guess where they get their power from now they have to import it from montana from a coal-fired power plant <laughs> So their power bill went way up. They're importing it from another state. And how much energy does that take? How much energy does it take to get from Montana to New Mexico? They lost jobs. Yeah. And then then that line loss of all that power. They're losing jobs. Uh, they're losing revenue. They're costing people more money. And this is just the same cycle over and over and over. And where does it end? Uh We've got a ton of natural gas. We've got a ton of propane. We've got to start being a little bit more fiscal responsible for for what we're doing. We've got to be environmentally responsible. And we've got to be responsible to the people that we're actually affecting by raising all these rates because we're these are affecting the the small uh the small businesses they're affecting consumers at the that kind of the the poorest of the poor are paying for all paying for these higher prices and it really is a trickle down to and it affects everybody from the rich to the poor but the poorest are are feeling it the most because they're the ones with the smallest budgets so uh we're going to be wrapping up here momentarily but uh if we could get from boyd two predictions for 2024 it could be the carolina panthers are going to win the super bowl (laughs) (laughs) you know it could be anything he wants just two predictions boyd whatever it is for 2024. And we always kind of go back on this and we look back and say, well, these are what we predicted from last year. Yes. And usually we're pretty right. So, um, you know, there is an election. There is I'm an election saying. coming up. I don't know. What do you think, Boyd? Okay, so my prediction is is that there's going to be uh, in the presidential election uh, process, or not the, the election, but the, uh, the debates, and uh, it's going to be very heated. Uh, and uh, they're they're gonna go at each other's throats. Uh, 
So I predict that it's it's going to be wicked. It's going to be wicked. So. It's going to be wicked. Now he's a, he's a, he's a New Englander. Now it's wicked awesome. <laughs> These guys are freaking wicked. They're yelling at each other. <laughs> okay, so so my my next prediction is that energy prices are going to continue to increase and, and to rise. Um, and, and back to what you talked about earlier, I'd like to just add a comment to uh, the fact that I, I believe, along with you, that all energy sources should be uh, looked at and, and uh, taken advantage of and, and not narrow it down to just one source. Because if, if my power goes out, for example... I have a backup generator. Um, I, I have a car that I can travel uh, in rural Utah and, and not have to worry about trying to find a, a, a charging station for it. Uh, so those are choices and, and options that I have. Uh, and so I'm, I'm all for using all energy sources. We need electric. We need gas. We, we need we still need to be able to access even wood if you need to have a wood fireplace. You mm-hmm. need to be able to access all sorts of energy because exactly what you're saying, we put ourselves at risk, we put our we put everybody at risk and we need those resources for all these fire departments to be able to use to to help the communities and help everybody survive uh some some of the worst of the worst and the, and and we can't do it without a, a wide variety of energy. That is Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. He's at the Utah Fire Rescue Academy Winter Fire School 2024 in St. George, Utah. And uh, we're along with Fire Marshal Boyd. Thank you. <laughs> Fire Marshal Boyd, thank you very much for your uh, your insight. We look forward to having you back on the show soon. And folks, uh, you can find out more about what propane can do for you by going to thestateofenergy.com. Thank you.